Good evening. We're learning Masachis Yevamos Daf Ayin Beis. We're starting ten lines down at the two dots. Yesterday we had ended our conversation um, about this northern wind, and in fact the Gemara had concluded yesterday that really it shouldn't be that way. Really, if a bris doesn't have a northern wind, if it's Yom Deiva or Yom Deshusa, the bris should be pushed off. But at this point, because Anashim were dush in these particular mitzvahs, the Gemara concluded Shomer Psaim Hashem. So let's start this next little section with a short agadata that speaks about the uh, northern wind. Tana Rabbanon, Kolosan Arbaim Shanusha Yisrael Bamidbar, Lohaya Yom, Shalom Nishbabo Rachtsvonis Bachatsia There was never a day in the 40 years that there wasn't a northern wind at midnight. And we know about this northern wind at midnight. Shinemar Vahi Bachatsia Laila, Vahashem Hikako Bechor Bechule. My Talmud, what does this come to teach us? So Kamashmalan de Ace Ratzon Milsahi. That this particular time is considered an ace ratzo. In the middle of the night is a, is a time of uh, ratzo. Rashi, eight lines down, dear Mashal, ace ratzo milsehi. What's going on here? The cave in the chatzos alayla, ace ratzo habayla makas. Bechoros, since at chatzos alayla, all of the firstborns were killed at this time, which was an ace ratzo. Havay nami ace ratzo on the rechtsvonis. It's also the right time for the rechtsvonis. Ve'in l'chayom shirechtsvonis enim nashebes bo bachatsi alayla. There is no night when that wind does not blow. Okay, that's the agarata. The Gemara now presents a statement by Rav Huna that will be questioned until the end of the page. The Gemara says, Amar Rav Huna davar Torah mashuch is a person who regrets having had a bris, and he does these manipulations to take whatever skin is left over and pull it in such a way where it begins to cover the Atara yet again, to look like an aura. It says the Gemara, Min Torah, he's allowed to eat truma, but midivrehem, because he looks like an aura, we don't allow him to eat truma. This would pose some uh, some other questions. Sometimes when, pa- when, when babies are particularly overweight, it looks like they're arelim, even though they've been circumcised, just the way things are laid out. It's, they don't require another bris. How would that play out over here? Are they considered a moshech? Okay. Says the Gemara, let's question the statement of Rav Huna. Rav Huna says, midoraisa, all is well, but midorabanan, they can't eat truma. Says the Gemara, mesve, one-third of the way down on ayin beiz we see that a mashuch does need to do uh, a bris, and says the Gemara, it implies from here that this is talking about a din d'oraisa. Says the Gemara, uh, nope, it's not d'oraisa, really, midrabanan, and really Rav Huna is right. And the person who thought that it was d'oraisa, the karila, my karila, the person who asked the question from the brisa that says mashuch tzarch shi'imo, why did he think that it was d'oraisa? So the Gemara responds with a little bit of a, wa- a long-winded answer, um, and the Gemara says, after all, the tzarech ketani, it seems to be that there's only tzarech, why? Tzarech was the reason we thought it was Doraisa. Take a look at Rashi that clarifies this question for us. Rashi's just to the right of where we are. When it says tzarech, without saying that he's an arel, that implies that it's only midrabanan. So again, the Gemara wants to know, what was the person thinking when he asked the question about Mashiach Tzarech Shimo? When he saw the language of Tzarech and he did not see the language of that this person's an RL, he should have assumed it's Derabanan. Why did he assume it's Deoraisa? Says the Gemara, Katoi B'Seifa. He made an error with the rest of the Brisa. And in regards to the Mashiach, Rabbi Yehuda argues on the Tanakama, the Tanakama, the Tanakama was of the opinion that he needs to do another bris. And Rabbi Huda says, no, lo you're not allowed because it's dangerous. And we were concerned that maybe there would be an error in the, the, the second circumcision and one might remove part of the Atara, which would be dangerous. Amrulo, they said back to Rabbi Huda, that's not a good argument. Many people were circumcised in the days of Ben Kuziva. And they still had many children afterwards. You can't say that the argument by a mashuch is that the reason he can't get another circumcision is out of danger. After all, it should still be the case that they're required. And not only that, the Gemara brings a second proof to this. 
Omer as well, to say that this person uh, who has um, uh, who has not followed my bris, who's rejected the bris, that includes a person who's Mosheikh, a person who pulls the Orla forward in order to cover himself. So says the Gemara, my Omer, why did we need two rejections to Rabbi Yehuda? The first one being Himol Himol, and the second one being Esbrisi Hefer. Says the Gemara, halfway down, a nine bays and the reason why we needed both of these um, both of these psukim is as follows. Maybe one would have argued that when it says that you should cut multiple times, that that's referring to not to talk about someone who's a mashuk, someone who's pulling their, their skin forward to cover the crown. If you would have thought that, and therefore we see that there are psukim that are discussing mashuk. So what was the mistake of the person who asked the question under Puna? Because in the dialogue of the Gemara between Rabbi Yehuda and the Tanakama and the Chachamim, we see there that they quoted Psukim to prove their point. So therefore, it seems like the Psukim are referring to Mashuch, and therefore maybe Mashuch is Dorai, so Kamashwalan, that it's not, it's only Dorabar. A little bit more than halfway down, the Gemara poses another question against Ravuna, Mesve. The Brisa writes, Tum Tum Ein Ochel Betruma. A person who has uh, undefined genders, there's skin covering the anatomy such that it's not clear visibly as to what type of person this is. They're not allowed to eat Truma. The Mepharshim here explained because he's an Aral. If he's a man, he's an Aral. If he's a woman, he's a woman. If he's a man, he's an Aral. Nashav, seemingly this word translates as his wife or his women, Ba'avad of Ochlin that they're still allowed to eat. Mashuch v'nolar a man who is a mashuch, who did pull, and this is obviously where the question is going to come in, harei'ilu ochlim. Rav Huna said that they can't be ochlim, there's a gzeru derabanan, that they have to do another bris. However, here the brisa seems not that way. We'll come back to this in a moment. The brisa continues, Androgen is a person who shows both anatomies, ochel v'truma v'ein ochel v'kachim. They're allowed to eat truma but not kachim. Tum tum eino ochel lo v'truma v'lo v'kachim. mentions tum tum again. In the beginning of the brisa, it says tum tum eino ochel v'truma. And here it says tum tum eino ochel lo v'truma v'lo v'kachim. Seems repetitive and we'll get back to that later. However, for our purposes, we're asking a question on Rahuna. Katani mihas, what did we see here in this brisa? Mashuch v'nolad. This, this actually re- rejects the sheets of Rav Huna. Rav Huna was of the opinion that even though Midor Raisa, it's true that a mashach is allowed to eat truma, but Midor Abanan, where it goes around him that he needs another bris, or that he's not allowed to eat the truma like this because he looks like an RL. However, this Raisa seems to say very clearly that this person, that if he's a mashach, he can eat. Says the Gemara, let's analyze some of uh, this brisa that we just learned. Amar Mar, we had said, Tum Tum Ochel Betruma, Nasha Ve'avad of Ochlin. Now, there's a very big practical problem here. How can a tumtum get married? It says that the tumtum has a wife. What is the tumtum that he's getting married? It says the Gemara, Nasha Vavada of Ochlin. That's what the Brysa says. Nasha Vatumtum Minale. How does he get married? How do we know that he's a he? Maybe he's a she. It says the Gemara, if you want to say that there was an engagement of betrothal that took place, there is a price to the rice that if a tumtum does kiddushin, they're married, and if he gets proposed to, he's a double gendered or, or zero gendered, or whatever the modern terms, I don't know. What? We don't know. It's covered up. Right? right. We don't know. So technically speaking, if somebody walked, if he walked up to a woman and said, he's engaged. And if a man walks up to the tumtum and says, he's engaged in both cases. Unbelievable. Messias says the Gemara. Wait one second. Even though that price is true, but that's true. That's 
that's only the chumra. That's just to, to say that you might be in a, in a bind because if you have a child now, the child might be a mamzer. That's true. But still, it doesn't matter because lakula, mi amrina, we would never say lakula that stami are allowed to get married. Of course not. Suffolk isha, hiva, ain't isha, mekadesh is isha. We don't know what your gender is. It could be the, that you're, you're what? Yeah. You're what? Nothing. Gemara Mephoreshes. Gemara Mephoreshes. Yeah. We don't need any political interventions. It's a straight line. So the Gemara says, because the Tumtu might actually be an Isha, so therefore he can't propose to another woman. That's not condition. Only Lechumra, only when we have to factor in that maybe it was actually a man. But we don't allow them to get engaged in Chadchila. After all, ain't Isha Mikadesh is Isha. So Amar Abaye, no, this case of Tumtum in the Brisa was different. What was unique about this case in the Brisa? It's true we couldn't see the Ever Hatashmish itself. However, However, it was clear that this was a male, not because there was an Ever Tashmish. However, there were there were there were baits, there were testicles. So we knew that it was a male. We just couldn't find the kid itself. But Rava argues, Rava Amar, no. This is a regular case of tumtum. It's not a case of base of nikaros. Rather, we're talking about a regular case of tumtum. And my nasha, what does it mean when it says his women? It doesn't mean his wife. Emo is talking about his mother, that his mother is not going to be restricted from truma. Says the Gemara, emo pshita, of course the mother can still eat. Why would the mother not be able to eat? Says the Gemara, it's not so simple. Maybe only if she bears a child who can bear children then she can eat truma. But she ain't molid, ain't omachil. But if she bears a child that can't be molid, such as this tumtum, then maybe she cannot be ochel truma kamashmalat. So they both have viable approaches in the bride. So Abaye taking the approach that really here we're talking about someone with that base of our nikaros, that's why he can get engaged. We know what he is. He still needs surgery, but we know, we know what gender he is. Um, and therefore, uh, he holds the way he does. And Rav is of the opinion that, no, this mission is not talking about Beit of Nikar, it's talking only about a regular tumtum. So now let's analyze something uh, that's unique about this brisa. And I highlighted this before, that if you look back at the brisa that starts a little bit more than halfway down at the word mesve, it says in the first line that tumtum eno ochel betruma. Then a few lines later, it says tumtum eno ochel lo betruma velobakacha. So we have two of the same exact cases, almost the same cases referenced. Says the Gemara, last short line on ein beis maral of tashma. Tumtum eno ochel velo betruma velobakacha. Why was that line repeated? Bishlama le abaye. I could understand Abaye. Abaye in the first part of the Brisa, what did he say the case was? Beits of Nikaros. And then this case is a regular tumtum. That makes sense. Therefore, we understand why both cases are listed. However, according to Rava, who says that the Brisa is not dealing with Beits of Nikaros, there were, there were no testicles on this child, or at least none visible. So then according to him, tumtum to sefalamali, both cases are talking about a regular tumtum. There is no RL vada and so they're both regular tumtum and they're both suffix RL. So says the Gemara, if that's the case, why did he have both? So says the Gemara, no, my tumtum, one is talking about an RL. Says the Gemara, hashta suffix RL achil, vadai RL achil. But according to Rava, the flow of the Mishnah doesn't make sense because it seems to be that we spoke about an RL, that an RL is not allowed, and a suffix RL achil, vadai RL achil. Uh, rhetorically, we can't have it be the case that a suffix is not allowed to eat, and then you add in a new case of vadai. If the suffix is not allowed, for sure the RL is not allowed. Says the Gemara, you're right. How do we understand Rava within the Brisa, within the two phrases that seem very similar about a tumtum? Mm -hmm. Says the Gemara, the model of the of the Brisa is what we refer to as a matam ka'amar. What is the reason? Matam tumtum eno ochel betruma. Why is it, quote the first line of the Brisa, why is it that a tumtum cannot eat truma? The reason why is because of the last line of the Brisa, because this person's a suffix Arel. 
Says the Gemara, maybe this whole discussion about Moshe Ches Orla is actually a machlokes tana, and we did reject Rav Huna already. But now the Gemara is, is circling back and saying maybe it's not so simple. Says the Gemara, Lema Kitanai. Maybe we should say there's a machlokes tana. Take a look at Rashi, two lines from the bottom. Lema Kitanai Milsad Rav Huna Tanoihi Ihava Mashuk Dorai So the Rabbana. Maybe. There really is a machlokas, a machlokas in the Tanaim about mashuch being the rice or the rabbana. Mm-hmm. That if a person does pull the skin forward with intention to cover the crown so that they don't look like a yid, they, 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 instead they look like an RL. So then maybe it's the rice and maybe it's the rabbana. Let's see if that's a possibility. Afterward, after all, what does the Gemara say? Mashuch, a person who pulls the skin forward, that a case of a Gershini Skyer uh, who was Mahul when he did his conversion, a Katan who passed the window of his eighth day, who are the other people who are going to be Nimolin? Says the Gemara, a person has two, has two foreskins. Before Shem explained it, I've never seen this. I don't think, I don't know if it's a thing, but it said there's a regular foreskin, and then on the outside, there's yet another layer of foreskin. So it's, I guess, two full sets of foreskins. I don't know if that's a biological thing. I've never heard of it, seen it. I've only seen it in the Gemara. I don't know. But anyways, the, all of these cases, they can only have bris mila during the day. We paskin this way, that the din is that if a baby has a bris late, it has to be during the day. This happened to me. I had a baby. I was supposed to do a bris for a baby, and the baby had an anatomical issue. And I said to the family, come, I'll take you to this urologist who I work with at his office. We brought him to the clinic. The doctor was running late. By the time we got the green light to do the circumcision, it was five minutes after Shkia. So we're Makbid Gummer. We don't do any brises after Shkia, and we did the bris the next day. It was a big headache because I, I could have done zero travel at that point, or then have to go home and then a whole new trip. doesn't matter. That's the din. The din is that the bris has to be done by Yom. However, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Shimon Omer, a little bit different. He says, Bismano, when the bris is on time, top of Ein Beis and the Beis, then a Nimolin El Biyom. However, Shalom Bismano, maybe we would say Nimolin Biyom Ubalayla. That's a big nafkamina. We don't do this, but it's a big nafkamina. According to this Chakira, it would seem that it's possible that a bris should be done even at night if the bris is Shalob Ismano. Now, remember that the core of what's happening here is about Moshech. It's not about little kids. It's about Moshech. So the Gemara seems to say that by Moshech, the bris can be done uh, only during the day. That's the sheets of the Tanakama. And Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Shimon says that it can even be done at night if it's not on time. Says the Gemara, top of Ayn Beis and Beis, second line. My la b'hakemifleke. Isn't this really the machlokes at hand here? Demar savar mashuch deoraisa, and because mashuch is deoraisa, therefore the bris can only take place during the day. Umar savar mashuch derabanan, and really the second sheet that says that it's byomu valayla holds a mashuch is derabanan. Says the Gemara, you can't say that because mashuch was coupled with the bris meal of a regular baby. Vitizbara, can you possibly say that it's derabanan? Katan shavar zmano miikal you have a child who missed their uh, the, the the ideal window for their bris. Day eight is over. So what? The, the bris is not Doraisa? The Rambam and the Ribit have a big machlokas. If there's a chiyuv kares every day or only if, only upon one's death when there's no bris, of course there's a din Doraisa for bris mila. So this understanding of this machlokas between the Tanakama and Reb Shimon and Reb Lazar Reb Shimon is impossible. Therefore, says the Gemara, Ella de alma Everyone agrees that a person who has pulled forward pulled forward whatever skin is left over in order to cover the crown. They agree that that's only a psal derabanan, and and of course we agree that if a child has a delayed bris, first adult circumcision I did for a Jew he was a thirty-five year old man. 
So we made a bride and I wasn't the mole, but I was watching and I watched the, the person who trained me do the bris. It's a mitzvah d'oraisa like any other mitzvah d'oraisa. Late, but so what? It's a mitzvah d'oraisa nonetheless. It says the Gemara, what then is the machlokas here uh, between the shita of mashuch and not mashuch, whether, whether or not, like the Tanakama said, that we can do a bris shalobizmano at night. Uh, or no, the Tanakhama says the Brishla is also during the day, and Rabbi uh, Lazar Rabbi Shimon holds that it's even at night. What is that machlokas about? Six, seven lines down. We darshan the letter Vav, which means it's even during the day, even if it's Shalobizmano. And therefore, if a Brish is Shalobizmano, then it, it, it can even be at night. Says the Gemara, there's a similar story to this effect. Rav Yochanan was in the base Medrash and he was teaching something that he had learned in a Brisa. It was about Nosar. Nosar, Bismano, Eino Nisraf Elabiyom. Nosar, on the day which it becomes expired, the, the Srefa has to be during the day. Shalobismano, if the burning is at a delayed point, Nisraf, Bain Bayom, Bain Balaila. Very similar model that when we have a mitzvah that's no longer during the day, so then it, 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 that's no longer Bismano, so then we push, then we say that the Srefa can happen even at night. The Eisve Rebbe Lazar, the Rebbe Yochanan. Rebbe Lazar was a Talmud of Rebbe Yochanan. He was a third century Amora. Rebbe Yochanan was a second century, really a bridge to the first, but primarily second. So, and what did Rebbe Lazar say? I only know from the Psukim that when a baby is on his eighth day from birth, that the bris has to be during the day. How do I know that if a bris is pushed off just by a handful of days, that still we only do the bris during the day? Talmud Lomar U Vayom. So what do we see from him? We see that the Vav is, uh, is going to help us that when a bris is shalob is mano, that it's even during the day. But here was the push that he gives back to Rav Yochanan, who was speaking about Nosar. Even according to one who doesn't learn the Vav of Ubayom, Vav Darish. But when it comes to letters Vav and He, that's Veha Nosar. So he's pushing back against Rav Yochanan. Rav Yochanan was of the opinion that if you're burning Nosar, Shalob Ismano can even be at night. Rabbi Lazar gives a whole drasha and he says, no, when there's a Vav and a He, everyone agrees to that drasha and you should not be able to be sorry if Nosar, Shalob Ismano, unless it's during the day. So Rav Yochanan was silent. Ishtiki didn't say a word. Basar Danafak, after Rabbi Lazar walked out, Hamar Le Rabbi Lazar Le Resh Lakish, he says to his Harusa Resh Lakish, Raisi leben pedasha yoshev dorsh kemoshim mi piagvura. What a belgaiva sitting here darshaning things that he thinks is right. Rav Yochanan thought he was making it up and just chepering him on his sheet about Nosar. So says Reish Lakish, Amalei Reish Lakish, Didehi? That's not his Torah. Masnisahi. That's actually frowned in the Tanoim. That's a source in the Tanoim. He didn't make that up. So uh, Rav Yochanan is a Talmud Chacham and he's a humble person. So he says, Hey Chatanalek. Well, I've never seen that price. So where did he see that price from? That the Vav and the He is a drasha that everybody makes in Veha Nosar, and therefore, when Nosar Shalobizmano can only be Nisraf during the day, so says the Gemara, but Torah's Karnim, it's in the Medrash Torah's Karnim, so he says, right away, Yochanan walks out, Nafaki goes out, Tanya Bitlasa Yomi, he pounded Torah's Karnim for three days straight, and he learned all of it, and then he spent the next three months, Visvara Bitlasa Yarche, and then he spent three months just understanding the Svaras of what were in the Mishnayas, that's pretty uh, approximately right about how we learn Gemara, it's a very, very heavy ratio of Mishnayis, of Gemara to Mishnayis. So what was the ratio he gave in days? It was three months is 90 days to three days of learning. So that's a one to 30 ratio.
So for every Mishnah, there should be 30 times the, the volume of study, apparently, whatever that ratio is. In other words, Mishnahis are very cryptic, and we see that all the time. You see a Mishnah, we don't, when you first read the Mishnah, you're like, okay, it's a Mishnah. Then you read the Gemara, you're like, whoa, I, there's so much nuance in there. I didn't realize how exacting it was. So that's what Rabbi Yochanan is teaching us here. Fine. The Gemara says a third of the way down, a little bit more. Amar Lazar, Arel Shehiza Haza Asuk Shera. Yesterday, we learned a din that an Arel can get Haza. Can he give Haza? Can he sprinkle someone with the mechata? So says Rebbe Lazar that yes, an oral shehiza has a No different than midi yom. He's still allowed to do the para. He's still allowed to do the haza, and the RL should be no different. Says the Gemara malat yom muter But there is something unique about a tvul yom that maybe makes it incomparable to the case of the oral shehiza, and that is that a tvul yom is allowed to eat meiser. Says the Gemara Nobody here is talking about eating any food. We're talking about an RL who's going to touch the mechadas on a linagia kamrina. And what's our argument? Just like a tvul yom who's not allowed to touch the truma is mutter to do the chatas, the mechatas of the para, then RL shemutter binagia, an RL is not tame. An RL is allowed to touch these foods, eno din shemutter bepara, all the more so he should be allowed. And in fact, the Brisa supports this idea, tainanamihachi, RL shehizasa Seems like a very clean cut sugya so far that it seems like an RL is allowed to sprinkle the mechatas on a person who's tame maze. Says the Gemara a little bit more than halfway down. Hang on one second. Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't finish the brisa. Umaisa haya beachsher chachamim hazasa. A little anticlimactic. Sorry about that. The brisa reads that an RL did haza and it was kosher, and the chachamim actually had a story like this, and the chachamim allowed this uh, RL to do the haza. Meisir, the Gemara asks a question. Tumtum shakidesh. Let's say again, we have this person with undefined anatomies. We don't know if he's he or she is male or female, and they were kidesh. What does it mean to be kidesh? Rashi, fifteen lines from the bottom, approximately. Dibramaskal shakidesh. Sheirev efer b'mayim. He took the afer mechatas and put it in water. You can't just sprinkle the ashes. It has to be in the water. So the tumtum did that, shekidesh. Kidusho puzzle. No good. He ruined the mechatas. Uh, talk about the most expensive ashes in the world. This is not exactly the kind of thing you want to mess around with. How many paradumas do we have? So says the Gemara, why? We don't allow, allow this person who's a tumtum to mix the afer with the water because there's every chance that he's male. And if he's male but uncircumcised, then he's ineligible for doing this activity. Continues the Bryce of Androgynous Shekidesh Kidusho Kasher, that if you have an androgynous who has both anatomies, he's going to be kosher. Why? Because knowing that he has both anatomies, he's done a bris already. He's not going to leave him in RL. We don't know what gender he is, but at least he's not an RL. He's for sure circumcised. However, all of this is the sheet of the Tanakhama. Yes, it's true. He may have an he may have an aver that requires a uh, that requires a bris, and he may have even done the bris as an androgynous, but he also might be female, and a female is not allowed to do this. So uh, that uh, brisa is now concluded. But the Gemara learns from here. Katani miha. What did we learn from here? Arel the suffix arel pasul milakadesh. And if that's true, then how did how could Rebbe Lazar be right? How could the brisa be right? We had said in, in Rebbe Lazar's statement in the brisa to match. We had said the halacha is that he's allowed to, the RL is allowed to do hazah, but that's not, doesn't seem to be the case from this brisa. So Amr of Yosef, don't worry. Hi, Tana, Tana de Rabbi Akiba. The Tana that, that we just learned that seems to say that, a, <clears throat> that an RL is not allowed to be involved in Kodesh, that is the sheet of Rabbi Akiba. Because he does treat an RL like a tame. 
And therefore, we can't have the previously listed leniency of the Brisa, who obviously is someone other than Rabbi Akiva. Zitanya, Rabbi Akiva, Omer, Ishli, Saravos, Ara. Omer, Rava, Rava says, I don't understand. Rava was fourth century Amora in front of his Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef. Bekashali, Rava says to Rabbi Yosef, I don't understand this whole thing. If Rabbi Akiva is right, don't leave out his Shita. What should you have said? It should have said, the Brisa that we used, the Tanya Nami Hachi that we used about eight, nine, ten lines ago that says, if Rabbi Akiva is right, it should have said, Rabbi Akiva, he didn't say his name. Says the Gemara, we did, just not here. Below, we do say it. We learned this in another Masechta, in Chagiga, that if a person is an Arel or a Tami, they're putter from the mitzvah of Re'iyah, of going up to the base of Mikdash. Says the Gemara, that's not a Raya. When you see the words Arel and Tami put together for Re'iyah, no. Hasam, it's not because an Arel and a Tami are equals, but because a person who's an Arel, it's mice, it's disgusting. They're not welcome in the base of Mikdash like that. But it's not because they're halachically the same. And this Machlokas of Rabbi Akiva and the Tanakama. The Rebbe Kiva and the other Brice of Azdu This matches up to their Shitas. How so? Says the Gemara's follows. Ditznan, 10 lines from the bottom, Ayin Bezimid Bez. The Mishnah writes, Hakol Kshirim Lekadesh. Everyone can do the mixtures of uh, Afer and water for the Mechatas, Chutz Mechereshot Vekatan, except for people who don't have Das. Rebbe Huda Machshir Vekatan. Rebbe Huda does allow for a Katan, but Uvi Isha. But excludes women. Says the Gemara, my time at Dirabanan. Why is it that the Tanakama was of the opinion that everyone is kosher to be Makadesh except for Khershat Vakatan? Anyone who's not allowed to do the Asifa, the gathering of the ashes, then they're not, not allowed to do the mixing of the water with the ashes. But But somebody who is kosher to do the Asifa, so then they are kosher for the Kiddush. So that explains the sheet of the Tanakama. Rabbi Yehuda Amar Lach No, Im Kain, Neim Akra Vilakach. The Pasuk has, uh, the, its plurals and singulars messed up. The Pasuk says, and then later in the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, Vinosan in the singular. So let's read the Pasuk. Vilakhu, plural they, Vilakhu Latame me afar sreifasachatos, Vinosan, and he placed a love, Mayim Chaim El Kelly. So the Pasuk has its singulars and its plurals incorrect. It's inconsistent. So that's what bothers the sheet of Rabbi Huda. And he says, My. My uh, why is it plural? Says the Gemara, must be, says Rabbi Yehuda, it must be that even those who might be possible for the Asifa, but still when it comes to the mixing, uh, in the, let me just say that again to be more clear, that even those who might not be allowed to gather the ashes, they're still allowed to do the mixing of the water with the ashes. Says the Gemara, then why then does Rabbi Yehuda exclude a woman? That's different, because there it was written in the male form, and he gave, and that excludes women. Because of Rahman and had it been that it was that the Pasuk was consistent with its plurals and said and Venasnu, so says the Gemara, how does the Tanakam explain this? Habamina, the Shakle Trevi Yavitre. There would have to be two people. Mm, I skipped a line, sorry. So three lines from the bottom. Virabanan, how do the how does the Tanakam explain this? Why is it that it says Vilakhu and Venasan, one plural and one singular? So the rabbis explain, had it been consistent with the the with the singulars, both singulars. That it has to be one person who uh, who takes the um, who takes the ashes, collects them, and one person who gives the ashes.
Kedushas. Therefore, Kasav Rahman of Allah to say that that's not true. The Ikasav Rahman of Allah Kumanasno had it been consistent in that both of them were plural, Havamino the Shakli Trevi the two people have to do the process in the beginning and at the end. And that's not true. Kasav Rahman of Allah Vinasan, Afilu Vinasan. It says Vilakhu Vinasan, the plural, and then the singular, the Afilu Shakli Trey, the Yavichad. Even if the number of people that give one don't give the other, that's all fine and good. Two more lines. How do we understand that a tahor has to be maze unto the tame? That a tahor has to sprinkle the tame? Says the Gemara, a very unique drasha. Tahor. When it says that a person who's tahor has to do the sprinkling, why didn't it just say nothing? This person should sprinkle. Oh, you're saying that he's tahor? He must be a unique kind of tahor. And that teaches us that a tvul yom is in fact kosher for, uh, for sprinkling the mechatas. We're going to stop right here. We can pick up tomorrow three lines down. I'm most likely going to be here tomorrow night. If that changes, I'll let you know uh, sometime earlier in the day. If that happens, we'll probably do Dafiomi Friday morning. Not so likely, but it is a possibility. I'll keep you posted. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Where are we going?